Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Gear 30 on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. And if you are somebody who has listened to at least five Gear 30 episodes, well, then you are clearly the sort of person who needs a podcast like this. So we would ask you to take just 30 seconds of your time and show your support by leaving us a five-star rating in Apple Podcasts so we can keep this thing going and growing. Okay, today I am very happy to have back on the show our patron saint of Gear 30, Eric Hjorlifsson. Eric and I go into the details about the new Dinafit Radical Pro Boot, and we talk about how it compares to the Hoji Free Boot. We also talk about the evolution of the Hoji Hole, as we are unofficially calling it, and we get to hear Eric talk a bit about prototyping and his process and more. And speaking of more, soon you are going to be able to hear Hoji and me talking about the latest iteration of his Hoji Ski, which you'll find in our Blister Summit brand lineup video on Forefront. So stay tuned for that video. And today, now, as you are listening to this, you can already go catch a really great conversation that I had with Mike McCabe of Folsom Custom Skis. So you should definitely check that out, and we will include a link in the show notes to this episode to all of our Blister Summit videos. And so with that, let's now talk once again with Hoji. Here we go. Well, Eric Hjorlifsson, it is good to have you back on Gear 30. This just feels, this feels right. Nice. Yeah, thank you, Jonathan. It's uh, good to be back. <laughs> so we actually just talked in quite a bit of detail about the updated Hoji Ski. And so we are going to be rolling out that. That's actually going to be part of a video conversation about the rest of the the 21-22 Forefront lineup. So we are actually going to not talk too much about this, this updated Hoji Ski in this conversation. The purpose of this conversation is to basically just catch up about like everything else you've got going on and that you've been tinkering with. So I think that's kind of our objective here today. And I figured we should go ahead and maybe just get started by talking about this, uh, this new boot, um, the Dinafit Radical Pro. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, a natural place to begin our conversation here. <laughs> Tell us about it. We talked with James Reddy from Escape Route um, uh, a couple weeks ago. We talked a bit about this boot. They had just gotten uh, one of these boots into the shop. I, you know, always good to kind of go to the source and have you walk us through how you're thinking about this boot and what we should sort of know about it. Okay, yeah. Well, um the boot itself, the Radical Pro, is uh, an updater kind of replacing the original um, Hoji Pro Tour uh, boot series or models. Um, so with this uh, update of, of, of that boot, there was the opportunity to um, spend a lot of time 
discussing improvements to the uh, actual like the last the internal dimensions and uh, trying to move forward in the best possible way based off of uh, a lot of the fitting uh, feedback and kind of problem areas that that uh, had been expressed by um, you know users and consumers and retailers so uh, I think the main the main update of this boot was that opportunity to really uh, try and improve the general fitting of, of this product. Um, so that being said, you know, a lot of attention was focused on um, the instep and ankle volume areas. So um, that was a common kind of uh, piece of feedback from a lot of different folks was that the the Hoji um, boots had, uh, you know, problematic ankle areas and uh, low instep for some. So um, this boot has that that that's where I think the biggest uh, volume changes were made um, regarding the the internal uh, lash shape. Um, and the and the boot itself is. Uh, stays true to the the previous like the hoji boots it features the same uh internal um and external like components for the walk mechanism it's still this now officially called the hoji lock system um so uh yeah performance wise uh handling all that it's uh it's very very similar or identical to uh the rest of the hoji uh, branded boots um, I mean, the, the obvious thing they've changed too is the, they've, um, replaced this kind of the speed nose. So, uh, the radical, radical is, has a lot more, uh, versatility for binding compatibility and crampon compatibility. Um, and it's just more, uh, yeah, along the lines with the, that kind of, uh, traditional ski touring, uh, boot, um, sole. So in terms of the walk mechanism itself, there haven't been sort of iterative changes or updates on that from when it first appeared on the first Hoji boot. You guys have kept that part of the boot the same? Yeah, it's uh, relatively unchanged. One of the improvements or uh, revisions that comes to mind is uh, they did adjust the tooling uh, for the stamp process of the lever itself. So there's actually uh, a few millimeters extra of width on like the actual where you grip the lever. Um, so it's easier, it's much easier to open, to, to lift the lever, to grab it with a gloved hand. Um, so that's a nice improvement. Um, everything else is... Uh, relatively unchanged it's still the integrated uh tensioning through the cave the internal cables um with the upper the cuff buckle and the power strap uh the radical has a just a standard velcro strap which is uh working well and uh simple and tried and true um you know obviously done to uh reduce some weight and uh also i think it's a more economical uh, way to produce something. Um, but I, I used it quite a bit already this year and um, 
that was working quite nicely. Uh, the other the the other difference with the radical is the actual linkage in the the mechanism itself that connects the lever to the the sliding um, spoiler is just a fixed um, linkage. The the Hoji uh, Free still features the um, adjustable linkage, um, which you can um, basically extend the distance between the pivot points um, to kind of take up any any bit of play that might develop as, as all the components uh, break in. Um, this plastic's always moving. But uh, to be honest, there I would speculate that almost no <laughs> no one is using that adjustable linkage really and uh that that linkage the history of that linkage being adjustable is um kind of a a way to tackle the tolerances um the coarse tolerances with plastic parts the worst thing would you know one of our fears was that uh you make all these boots and, and the preload pressure um, applied by the mechanism is, is insufficient. So um, that's why we, if you can't make something perfect, you got to make it adjustable. <laughs> it's a good YouTube quote. But um, the that being said, I think the with like anything, once you gain experience, you can overcome... Um, those kind of uh yeah, let's you know you 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 can manage the tolerances and uh up until now it's it's been uh yeah there hasn't been an issue so the the fixed linkages um also uh lighter of course so <laughs> and uh more economical like i think their their goal with this boot was to try and uh you know keep the price in a in a competitive way so yeah, the and uh, finally the other improvement or update that's not related to the the walk mechanism is the actual tongue, the external tongue on the the shell, um, which is I would say a very nice improvement, and I'm hoping that in the future we'll update the uh, the Hoji Free to have a similar tongue. But uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a hinged tongue instead of a v-shaped tongue with a textile in the v so um the textile obviously anytime you uh combine plastic injection molded pieces with textiles you end up with uh abrasion and wear issues and uh yeah the the original v-shaped cutout tongue um it doesn't it, it walks fine and the skis are right but it doesn't uh provide any uh additional kind of surface for the front of your shin um to uh push up against um because it's just fabric so this new tongue is a solid you know like a traditional tongue at the top so it actually i i think it uh in, improves the skiing performance and it, it walks uh very well uh due to this kind of living hinge in the middle um huh. so yeah I'm, I'm quite happy about the the updated tongue so wait, you're just to make sure I'm tracking. You're saying that you think this updated tongue, first of all, improves downhill ski performance, and are you saying it actually improves 
uphill walkability or you're just saying there hasn't been a, a loss there? Yeah, I would say it's, uh, there certainly hasn't been a loss. I, I think it's debatable. Like if, if it is better, you know, freer, um, flexing for an aft in, in walking, um, I, I think it's not like a significant enough change to, to be perceivable. Um, but certainly just having a little higher, it, it's a nicer transition to have a layer of plastic resting against the tongue of the liner and sandwiched in between the, the wrap of the cuff. So you're kind of, you're getting it. It's, it's more of the traditional three piece boot, um, uh, tongue concept where the, the cutout V shaped tongue, obviously it doesn't, the, that cutout is done for walking only and basically the tongue is just to create uh, snow sealant protection for the boot and it's not adding anything um, as far as a surface to push on so um, yeah I think this is a, a good a good improvement so just to try to sort of offer a conclusion here and and make things as clear as possible for people, how do you think they ought to be thinking about the the Radical Pro boot versus the Hoji Free? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I think, uh, like anyone who's who's used to ski boots, it's uh, basically it's your foot uh, shape and volume. Um, the the Hoji Free uh, series of boots is a lower volume. It's a little bit narrower. It's got a bit lower instep. It's got a smaller uh, internal volume in the ankle area. So uh, that, if that's kind of how your foot is, then that's probably for you. And if you have a higher volume foot or bigger ankle bones or higher instep or wider foot, um, the radical is uh, probably going to fit your foot um, with less uh, boot boot work required or any boot work required at all, hopefully. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a like a higher volume and a lower volume um, iteration of the boot, and uh, I think that's a good thing to provide to offer to to you know skiers. Mm-hmm. So really, first and foremost, people should think of it. Not to say that there wouldn't be any other differences, perhaps, but first and foremost, think of it as a fit difference. And if you have a, a higher volume foot, you might want to go check out that Radical Pro first. Do I have this right? Yeah, yeah, I would say 100%. And uh, I mean, this, I've talked to several different retailers in the, around Whistler who have, you know, seen or tried a lot of them have skied in the the radical samples and uh they were all very excited um on the fit side of things they're like this will be this is a more versatile um product that that'll be easier to get different feet into and require you know won't require as much uh customization with punching or whatever um so they're they're excited about that um easier to get people in and, and, uh, feel good. And, and that makes a good product. So, um, but that being said, obviously there are a lot of people with lower volume feet. So, um, ideally you can provide, provide both. 
<laughs> yep. So it's yep. a good good situation or a good uh, outcome, I would say. All right. Next thing I need to ask you about, what I still like to uh, call the hoji hole, <laughs> um, because I think I think the last time we talked about this, is it possible that I had toured on a raven with this hoji hole, and I'll have you catch us up to date on what the actual sort of official name for this is, but basically the cutout on the the the, the tail of the ski. And I, I, I wasn't sure if like I had skied this before you had in terms of a finished product or do you remember how this went? Yeah, no, I, I remember, I have a vague memory, but you did, you were skiing on a further along, um, that's what it was, you know, sample kind of production, uh, yeah. of the Raven because the, the thing is I always have, uh, part of my my job or my way of doing things is I just that's why I've invested time and effort in having a little shop in the machines because I just go downstairs and mill I, <laughs> I mill the hole in the ski exactly how I want it um, and uh, so for me like I have all different every ski I've been skiing on this year has a hole um and that's mm-hmm. that's not how they arrive to me, obviously, because that's not. That, <laughs> I'm I'm skiing in the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so sometimes I I am further down the chain to receive things like those samples because yeah. they know you know I'm like, well, guys, I, I already have I have the same yep. same dimension hole that I milled in the same location, um, so send it out to. Uh, take it where you need it, send it to other yeah. people and, and things of that nature. So, um, uh, yeah, that's just how it is. Yeah. Um, makes sense. But yeah, one of the, like now the latest or whatever, um, the, the, the actual produced version has a, uh, a slight recession in the top sheet, um, around that kind of, surrounds uh the the hole the rectangular hole um and this is done to help maintain um the buckle in in the right orientation um because it can twist slightly around and and that's fine but the buckle itself just sits in this little uh recession Um, got it so it's a nice detail um and i have a pair of of the production ravens sitting downstairs uh ready to go um and my plan was to really like this is the time of year when i start bringing that ski out and really using it um it's typically april um when the snow you know the becomes frozen in the morning and and uh not as much opportunity for deep powder of course um and it's been that's kind of been my tool for spring skiing here when i when i get back usually after all my traveling and working um, for skiing on the hill and going into the spearhead. And uh, that was my plan. And unfortunately, they just uh, mandated that, that Whistler Blackcomb was closed for uh, at least three weeks here. So, wow. yeah. <laughs> But there's still snow and there's still mountains, so we'll figure it out. Um, we're not on full lockdown, so that's good. Yeah. Has this put a serious shift in your spring plans, at least for the next three weeks? Yeah, I mean, the, exactly. I was um, 
really looking forward to um, lapping, do, you know, doing some more on, on mountain, on hill lapping. Um, I have a few boot um, concept prototypes that I've been working on um, that are in somehow roughed out, um, semi-finished <laughs> for at least for skiable testing. And so that kind of quick access uh, and, you know, going up and trading boots or, or skis, things like that. Like the ski hill is, is a very good place for um, comparative testing compared to uh, ski touring, of course, just because you have, have so much more uh, mileage or vertical. Um, so yeah, the, we'll see what happens here, but uh, I, I, I do need to finish um, <laughs> just a couple ideas for the boots um, finished to the point where I can actually go and use them um so uh the next week or so i'll i'll be in the shop <laughs> got it yeah and so coming back to this <laughs> hoji hole and what is the official name of it now oh yeah 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 so uh the official name of it now is the four lock um, four lock system it, it was launched as the tour lock system and i'm not uh I don't know the backstory of why um, <laughs> internally. I think maybe there was something in existence on the trademark side of things. So uh, they, they might have, that's why they changed it to the four lock. And then gotcha. unofficially, the running joke, of course, is uh, what goes in the hoji hole. Um, <laughs> so I like that because it's pretty, I, I'm always uh, a fan of uh, making fun of myself. Um, uh, but yeah, the. I've been very happy um, with the development of this system. Um, there still are some um, improvements. Uh, and the the strap. There's some more development going into the strap with the material, and uh, some refinements to the buckle with geometry. Um, but uh, yeah, I I feel like the functionality of of the system or like how it actually behaves and works in in the snow in real life um has been uh been very very well received or very it it, it has done well i think i had one come out um pop out and that was like kicking into a very awkward basically like rock climbing through the trees uh, <laughs> in a very uh, uh non uh traditional skin um trail breaking <laughs> uh -huh. just with a few friends going crazy but uh <laughs> yeah other than that it, it seems to be performing uh very well yeah i mean we certainly haven't haven't had any issues with ours and i think we've now had at least three of our different reviewers using uh, we have it on the raven right and mm -hmm. um and so yeah i haven't i haven't heard a single complaint or heard of an issue uh from anybody on our side so yeah so far i'd say so far very good nice yeah that's yeah. uh i'm pushing for it i want to see it on uh, more models of skis, of course, and uh, even more ideally, like it would be cool to have retro compatibility or other, you know, like just the tail uh, strap 
these are all things we're discussing for the future, of course, developments. But uh, yeah, I, I see the potential um, for it to to be more widespread. That that would be good. Um, and honestly, like the few times I go back to skins, you know, like tr that I don't always have the skins, even though I have all the skis with holes milled in them, I might not have the right skins with the, the, the system, the, the right tail straps. So I go back to traditional tail clips and it's just a pain. It's just, mm. fr it's just frustrating because they, <laughs> they don't stay on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always good to hear that other people, you know, uh, it's like pros, they're just like us. And uh, I, I would say in general, I don't frequently have a ton of issues with like skin staying on, but man, when it happens, it is wild aggravating. Um, yeah. So. Well, yeah. and it's just, it, yeah, it's like most of the time the tail clips fall off. On a uh -huh. kick turn or whatever it's not like you're you have a full skin failure that's very not yeah that that takes something special but uh <laughs> the it's just like you're constantly bending over and helping yourself or someone else put them back on and and it's just like why it's does just, this need to yeah, yeah why does this need to be a thing yeah so we're getting there hmm. <laughs> um as you know, I'm afraid that I have a hard stop today. Oh. And so this is going to be one of our shortest conversations in like history by a long shot. Oh yeah. But um it, in our in our last, you know, 5 or 6 minutes here, I guess in these final minutes, I'm going to give you one of two options. You can either use this time to talk about some other things going on with like the Raven or Renegade skis. Or a while back, you gave me a recommendation for something you'd been watching. And it was, um, help me with the title here. I think it was called, In was it Inside Bill's Brain? Or it's like a Inside the Mind of Bill Gates? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and I watched that and I thought it was f super interesting. And I don't know if I've yet had a chance to say, like, thanks for that recommendation. Um, but yeah, really, really, really good and interesting. Um, so I, I thought, you know, I, either you'd have something else to say about that or you'd have another recommendation for me. Ooh. Um, well, I'm glad you enjoyed that. Yeah, that was interesting because I didn't really, personally, I didn't know too much about um, Bill Gates other than, uh, you know, his success with Microsoft and all that. But uh, yeah. yeah, it was pretty cool to see I could appreciate that, you know, someone with that amount of uh, financial success is uh, pretty motivated just to try and help yeah. <laughs> humanity yeah. in many ways. So, um, but yeah, I'm trying to think. There was another, what's that podcast someone recommended to me called, I think it was called This Is The End. Hmm. Have you heard of that one? I don't think I have. Uh, is it? Oh, the end of the world. Sorry. The the end of the world. With Josh, okay. with Josh Clark. Um, huh. And I I need to listen to, I'll re-listen to that because I listened to it uh, like one and a half times almost in a row traveling when I went over to Europe for work. 
the last time. Um, but it, it's quite interesting. It's all about um, the possibilities of like what, you know, what's out there, what are, like, why, why haven't, why haven't we discovered other uh, life forms and what that could mean? And uh, just goes into, and just like cata cataclysmic uh, events. And yeah, it's, it's very, it's not, I, I wouldn't say it's dark, uh, as dark as it sounds. It's, it's more <laughs> like interesting. Okay. Um, so I, I enjoyed that. A friend of mine recommended it to me. Um, might be worth if you have some free time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping to have a little more free time uh, coming up here, maybe in the next week or two or three or four or something. So I will I will put this on my list and uh, and check it out. Nice. Um, well, hey, I now have other blister reviewers uh, knocking at the door of Blister HQ and telling me I need to get out there since. Uh, our season here at, in CB, uh, chairlift stopped spinning uh, in three, 3.5 days, basically. And so we're still uh, trying to get, you know, good time in on a number of boots and skis and that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, um, I, I guess I got to go. Well, that's a, that's a good, uh, a good thing to do. A good, thing, a good reason to go. Uh, no, I... Certainly, I wish you all the best, uh, and mm. I hope you enjoy the the final days of the lift access season. Yeah, um, and that is the be I think that's a very good way for testing because um, it's so easy to to switch around back and forth and ski the same yeah. same runs, uh, same snow conditions. So I'm envious. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, I hope you have a good time doing that. Well, thanks, man, and yeah, I sure hope you know the current situation around Whistler improves in that community around the COVID stuff. And it's, um, it's disappointing and too bad to hear that. Yeah. Things had to operations had to stop at Whistler. So, um, yeah, sorry, uh, that you are being sort of forced into a, a switch up, but, um, uh, hope, uh, hope these next several weeks for you, um, go okay. And, and, uh, you know, it looks like you're just going to be getting a bit more touring in than you were anticipating. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's uh, it's not a problem. Like it's, uh, I think things aren't aren't too too bad, and uh, hopefully this was a pro uh, proactive way to mm. to prevent yeah. uh, you know a real serious situation again. So um, overall, it's been been uh, pretty good here uh, throughout the season. And, uh, I mean, in one way it's good for the, the provincial government to actually like make a clear decision, like the boom, this isn't happening right now. Um, mm -hmm. cause a lot of things throughout the, at least throughout the ski industry in, uh, BC, it was a lot of kind of recommendations, gray area, uh, policy stuff. And, uh, that just made it difficult, especially for the smaller businesses. Um, because, uh, the, kind of the subsidization or like support relief from uh, the government programs obviously isn't as uh, clear cut when that's the situation. So um, yeah. a lot of, a lot of smaller operations, I think we're, we're suffering a bit this year, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, moving forward, hopefully uh, we're, you know, with the, 
the turn into the summer season here. I, I hope that the the situation improves. Um, that's usually the case. So, yeah, yeah. But winter's not over yet. <laughs> it is not over yet. And uh, we're going to go get some more of it right now. So, um, hey, as always, um, great to connect, uh, good to talk, and just uh, always always get the update on what, you, what you're tinkering with uh, at, the, at the moment. So appreciate that, and uh, we'll talk soon. Okay, thank you, Jonathan. Uh, have fun out there. All right, man. Take care. Okay, it is time for our What We're Celebrating This Week segment. And today, I am celebrating the fact that I got my second COVID vaccination shot today. It is now 12.30 a.m. and I had the shot at five o'clock. So it's been about seven and a half hours. And honestly, I'm a little bit tired, but it's kind of late and it's been a long week. I'm feeling good. So anyway, I am honestly really grateful to have gotten that second shot today. And then I'm also grateful for the fact that earlier today, just before going to get this shot, I got to ski with Crested Butte local legend Cam Smith, who just set the new record for the Grand Traverse. Cam is a very humble and truly awesome guy, and it was great to finally get on snow with him. And you can also check out the conversation that I recorded with Cam earlier this week on our Blister podcast. It was literally like 48 hours after he had just broke the Grand Traverse record. It's a really good conversation, and I think you'll enjoy it. And so, yeah, so this week, here's to skiing with great people and getting vaccinated. And since I have no idea if you are supposed to drink whiskey after you get your second COVID shot, I think I'm going to exercise a little caution here and maybe I'm going to wait till tomorrow night to raise a glass of Whistle Pig Piggyback. I'm going piggyback. They're six year tomorrow, probably with a cube. And I am already looking forward to that and to raising that glass at the end of this week. So anyway, that's what we're celebrating. And that then brings us to the end of this episode of Gear 30. I want to say thanks to Hoji for the conversation. Thanks to the strikingly handsome Justin Bob for producing this episode. And thanks to you for listening. From all of us here in Gunnison and Crested Butte, please take good care of yourself and everybody else. And we will talk to you again real soon.